mental, not mental podcast. Oh my gosh, it's been two weeks and it feels like a hiatus, man. I feel like I've been gone forever. Uh, the first week I was gone was just an overload of things that I had to get done. And week two was an unexpected uh, trip to uh, the USS Ford. So, and of course, I stayed longer, way longer than anticipated. But that is okay, because I made it back on time to record for this week, so I don't have to miss the third week. So I'm really excited about that. A lot of stuff has happened since we last spoke, um, and I'm going to touch on it all in about two episodes from now. But these last two, um, excuse me, these last two episodes in this mini series, kind of doing this mental breakdown of what's... uh, shaped me in the way that I think about things and and, in life and how I view the world today uh, based on what I've learned from the past. So I'm going to finish that that, uh, series up with this episode as well as the one that comes after this. So we got two left and then we're getting back uh, to business and we're going to hit the ground running. So thank you for sticking around. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being patient with me because, you know, that's really important through all of this is patience, you know. Um, cause without it, I mean, it's like, you get, you're gonna stress me out even more. And then, you know, I'm gonna have to deliver a knuckle sandwich in a, you know, PO box nearest you. So I'm going on a tangent today. I wanted to first go over what we've, we've learned and talked about so far. So, um, on the very first, um, episode in this little mini series, I talked about what it was like being the only black kid. Uh, from my perspective, growing up in many different situations. Um, Then we talked about what it was like uh, being in a situation where you have your power taken away from you, whether that is sexually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, And my personal experience with that and how that's affected me and shaped my thinking. Then last week, or I guess the last episode, we talked about love and touched on the relationships that I've been in and how I feel that those relationships have helped um, shaped who I am as well as how I treat and think about the women in my life and just women in general and being a, a real advocate for them and their equality and their representation and, and things like that. And so today, I wanted to go over a topic that was easy for me to talk about because um, while some of my show is scripted, a lot of it is just coming straight from from the chest. And with this episode or this topic, I don't really need a script because, um, well, it's all going to flow straight from the chest on this episode. Um, And that's really talking about family. Um, But really what family means to me, what uh, I've learned family to mean and how it's evolved for me over the years because it hasn't always been the uh, same definition that I have now. Um, And so I wanted to review that, um, maybe touch on a little bit of history based on what I know. But like I said, a lot of this is going to come from the heart. So if that is appealing to you if that sounds like something you'd be interested in hearing sit back relax and and let's get this this party started so when i was 
thinking about writing the script for the show, the first idea I had in mind was to kind of give you all a, a, a history lesson on uh, African-American family structure, you know, where things come from, why we call people, uh, what we call people. Um, I even made a, a list of all the categories to talk about, and I'm going to touch on those. But really what I want to um, iterate is this is an episode that's solely based on my views, my opinions, and my personal experience. So there's no research, there's no backing this up, whatever. All of this is coming straight opinion based on experience. So an educated opinion, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what you would call that. So first, let me let me hit the family structure first because um, I think that's a important place to start. Now, it's made sense in my mind since I was a little uh, kid that you there's there's clearly a hierarchy um, in the African American community as far as family structure and the respect that goes with um, that person based on the corresponding uh, family structure, based on their corresponding position on the hierarchy, based on where they, they stand. So to better explain that, we've all heard the phrase that respect your elders, right? Um, and why do you re re respect your elders? Why do people say that? You know, respect your elders. Is it, you know, they've lived probably twice as, three times as long as you have. Um, so why is it important to respect them? You know, pretty much anything that you can say or do won't shock them because they've been around for a hot minute. So why do we put so much emphasis on respect the elders? Um, I think the reason there's such an emphasis on respecting the elders is because it's important to recognize and appreciate what laid the groundwork for you even being here, you know, without that person who may be fragile uh, now um, really is the reason that our entire generation is here. And that's an important thing to recognize. So when people say respect your elders, it's more than just, hey, mind your P's and Q's, say yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. Um, it's really calling to attention that, hey, this is walking lineage here in front of you. You don't need to go to the history books and study this. We have this uh, precious piece of history right here. So you need to do all that you can to to uphold that, to respect that, uh, to appreciate it. So um, in my mind, you have you have the elders. And then, um, of course, from there, you, you, you have all your adults. And for me and how I grew up, that's pretty much an adult is pretty much someone who can basically beat your ass. Like it's just it's an adult in uh, growing up, at least I'm obviously not talking about now because <laughs> that wouldn't make much sense. But um, growing up, the adults were just the ones that you don't want to be on their bad side because you don't know what's going to happen. And then, of course, you have everyone else. Um, now, the ones that, um, when I was looking into talking about this topic, I wanted to know personally, I was like, where do we get our family structure from? You know, did, did is that one of the few things that survived culture-wise from Africa? Or is that something that we've picked on since being here, picked up on since being here in America? So when I was just speaking on the uh, respect to your elders thing, when I was researching family structures, I actually ended up um, 
in the Native American section. Um, and I looked at their family structure and it's very similar to the one that I knew growing up. Um, and the way they really have four categories, which is your your chief, your elders, your hunter and your hunters and your gatherers, and then your healers. Um, and when I was looking at that, I was like, okay, a lot of those roles already correspond with what I know um, to be a chief elder and so on and so forth. So when I was looking into this, I was thinking like to correlate it with uh, the African-American structure, family structure, that your chief would be your big whatever, your big mama. Um, for me, would have been, at least growing up, big mama. That would have been my great-grandmother. Um, but it's usually the oldest and wisest. Um, so usually <laughs> it's the whoever's the longest surviving uh, member of your family that holds countless stories, countless uh, knowledge, tons of wisdom to share with the entire family. Um, but as time goes on, you, you see that they're really reaching the end of the rope, um, but you still appreciate their presence nonetheless. And with the elders being, you know, the ones, like I said before, but to correlate it better be the, the great aunts and uncles, as well as your grandparents. Um, and I think that's, of course, they know they're next in line to be the chiefs of their particular lineage. Because when I'm looking at this, in my mind, I'm looking at my entire family structure that goes, that extends beyond brother and sister. I'm talking cousins and aunts, uncles, things like that. So when I'm thinking of respect my elders, I'm not just thinking of, you know, a mom and dad. I'm thinking of the aunts and the uncles throughout your entire family, your extended, and which includes your extended family. Um, a next role that I'm actually not too familiar with, um, at least not until I, I had Kalila, is um, godparents. Um, my wife has godparents. She knows her godparents. I don't even know if I have any godparents. And if I did, who, where, why, like, who 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 are you <laughs> like who are you why have i never known who you were what happened along the way um but i really don't think i have any um any godparents so learning about this rite of passage that you you know choose some of your friends to be to be the godparents was really new to me but it was also very fun because it, it was a time to really sit down and analyze and look at my friends and be like oh okay so who do i trust with this human life I just created. Um, and then you start to really start to pick apart and think, man, I really didn't choose any responsible friends. <laughs> I really didn't choose any responsible friends that I just chose because it's like, oh, it's cool. I like you. Uh, but no, that's not what I did. I'm just, I'm just messing around. Um, but I'm just saying if that were to happen, like it made me think about, oh, I need to actually choose decent people. But it wasn't hard because I already, you know, had decent friends. So but the whole concept of godparents is a little foreign to me. But from what I gathered, they are basically a a backup. They are another caretaker that you can turn to in case things go wrong, in case you need anything. Um, they kind of have the the keys to the car 
you know, so to speak. And if you were to lose your keys, they have the backup set and they can keep this uh, car of life uh, in drive and moving forward. So after godparents, um, I have a few, a little experience with the step parents aspects. Um, my little brother and sister don't share the same fathers I do. So he was my stepdad um, when he was here. Um, never really had much of a relationship with him other than a hi, how you doing? Um, because we really didn't know each other very well and we didn't talk. Um, we knew each other's roles and that was just about it. So I don't really have much experience in the step, uh, parents apartment. And I think that just about does it. So of course there's a lot of family aspects that I personally, cause like I said, I'm going uh, based off my experience in this episode a lot of family structures that I just don't know anything about because I don't have the experience with it so for example a multilingual home I would love to be in a multilingual home I would love to grow up speaking two languages I think that would be dope as hell um but I don't know the everyday struggles you know the everyday ins and outs of what it's like to be in a multilingual home um I just know what I know and that's pretty much nothing um, along with multilingual, of course, I don't know what it's like to be in um, a home of two parents of the same sex. I don't know um, what it's like to be in a home with any um, amb- ambiguous. I was about to say ambiguous um, with any ambiguous, you know, sex other than the traditional, you know, mother and father roles. So I think that about hits the family structure of of that. So pretty much. Um, I think the real um, difference between an African-American family versus a family structure, I should say, versus your traditional nuclear family structure. Oh, there is one thing that I didn't touch on when I actually I'll go ahead and touch on it here. The one thing that makes us different um, is our sense of the, the village mentality. You know, it takes a village to, to raise a child. And I think this is because of the final category, which is when I was looking up stuff for this research for this um, episode. It was written as kintive family members. So these are people who are not of your blood. These are not your kin, but they fill the role of someone in your family who would... um, let me let me say that again because I'm I don't think I'm saying that right. They fill the role of someone in your family, um, as if they were already that role to begin with. So, if you've ever had an uncle or aunt, whatever, but they're not really your aunt or your uncle by blood. They're just your aunt and uncle because they've always taken care of you. That would be kintive. I don't know why that was so hard to explain, but that would be. Kintif and I, I, I think I got my, my uncle Fleet. I don't. He might be the cousin, my cousin or cousin of someone. But he fills the uncle role, so everybody I know call calls him Uncle Fleet. Like I don't know. I don't even know if he has a last name. <laughs> Obviously, he has a last name because that'd be ridiculous. But um, that's an example of someone that that has filled that role. Um, that I know of, at least personally, in my life, in my life. So, 
basically this is a regular traditional african-american family structure for me this is what i grew up knowing this is what i still know and this is still what i base my family um tree my mental family tree on now growing up family always meant one thing to me and that's if you have the same blood y'all family you do anything for your blood you protect them you support them um you, you do anything you can uh for your family because that's blood that's blood that's blood that's blood well as i've gotten older um learned a few things along the way um i don't believe that anymore um i don't believe family is solely people who are related to you by blood and the reason i don't think that is Human beings are very unique, okay? There are billions and billions of us on this planet, and yet somehow we all find a way to differentiate from one another. Why is that, you know? At some point, the layers have to overlap, so why, how can there be so many differences amongst all of us? And I think the reason for that is, now hear me out, it's going to sound a little crazy, I think the reason that there are so many differences amongst us is because although we are born into an immediate family, a nuclear family, if you will, we don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the only family we'll ever have for the rest of our lives. And in fact, as you live your life, you'll come to find that the people that you let into your life the people that you grow with and the people that you choose to allow into your life become more family-like than the ones you were born into through blood. It took me a really long time to realize that, to actually get over that because my big thing was always, that's my blood, of course I'd do anything for them, right? But I see that now as a very naive way of thinking about things because just because someone is of your blood doesn't mean you're automatically required to support them. You should want to support and care for your family because they are genuine good people who put love and positivity into the world, not because you guys simply come from the same bloodline. I'll be the first to tell you, and, and maybe these people will vouch for me, that the people that I have in my life now, when I look at my friends... Um, I consider them family because here's how I go about making my friends. Um, and, and really I'm, I'm referring to my closest friends. I feel like the people that you choose to let into your life and, and be your closest, your closest assets, um, your, your best friend, I'm talking someone you see like a brother, someone you see like a sister, someone you can't go without talking to for very long. Um, someone you know who's always dependable, uh, someone you can always trust. Those are the qualities that at least I look for in <laughs> potential family members, if you will. But I think the reason we choose these these people to let into our lives is because when we do this, we are reflecting the importance of the of, of characteristics that we deem essential in order to be 
what is in our minds good people. So let me better explain that. When I let people into my life for whatever reasons, it's usually on common ground, right? We have something uh, in common that we can talk about. You know, you start bonding over common interests and things like that. Then, then things get a little bit deeper when you start hitting the harder topics. And, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, um, but they're not necessarily deal breakers, but you're getting a little bit more into that person's psyche. When it gets reaches to the final level of commitment for me, because <laughs> that's really what it is, is you start thinking um, and seeing quality traits that you really uphold personally in that person. And when you see and recognize the characteristics that you uphold in these people, that's when it starts seeping into your mind of, okay, this might be someone that I could see fulfilling the role of protector in my life or the role of confidant in my life or the role of um hell uh therapist in my life you know basically the people that you choose to let into your life you're projecting some feeling of something that you might need that you didn't realize that you need <laughs> i feel like i'm doing such a terrible job of explaining this Sometimes you can explain things better when you write them down. But I obviously I can't write this in penmanship and send this to all of you. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, okay. Let me try to explain it this way. I'm going to take one of my best friends. His name's Damiano. Damiano, if you're listening to this, congratulations. You're a honorable mention on the show. The reason I see Damiano as my best friend is because... He has some of the character traits that I wish I had the strength to muster. And when I don't have the strength to muster, I know who to turn to um, when I need those things. Damiano doesn't take bullshit from anyone. Um, he upholds respect to the utmost degree. Um, if he feels disrespected in the slightest, he's not only going to let you know, but he's also going to educate you on how ignorant you're being. Um, he doesn't tolerate inequality in the slightest. Um, and he doesn't have time to waste. And those are just a few of the qualities that he has. But I share a lot of those same characteristics that he has. And to see that reflected in another person, it's like, wow, I really care about this person. Um, and I see them like family now because a part of me is reflected into them and it's not only what bonds us but it's what allows me to call this person family because deep down inside not only do they share do we share these characteristics um together but i know if i ever needed anything that i could uh, rely and count on this person to be there for me at the end of the day boom that's how you explain it. <laughs> you, the people you choose to let into your life on a deeper level are character reflections of yourself. Dude, I am going back to being a movie slogan writer because that was fire. That exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to explain for the last 20 minutes. So, with that being said... Family is very, very important to me. Um, as I've gotten older, I've 
my relationships with some of my family members changed because of this, you know, because I'm not guided blindly by, well, they are the bloodline, so they must continue on. No, it's, I genuinely like to associate myself with good people. And whether you're my bloodline or not, if you are not a good person, there is no association or if there's no common interest or if we just, you know, we're just different people at the end of the day. And it's not a matter of just black and white, you know, is they're good people or they're bad people. There's always gray area. There's always, you know, not everyone's perfect and not black. Uh, life is not black or white. So, no, it's not just, hey, you're either in my family or you're in my clique or you're not. No, it's not like that at all. But it's just to give you an idea of the people that I genuinely invite into myself. And when I say invite into myself, I can probably talk to anyone on the planet. I'm a pretty talkative person and I'm a pretty conversational. Like I can find common ground on just about anything with someone or common interest, uh, topic of discussion with anyone. But to really let that person into my world, into my life, it means that um, I'm giving them a piece of me that I feel can help us both to grow. And I think it's important to know the difference between the people that you're going to meet every day on a regular basis versus the people who are meant to come into your life and change it for either the better or worse. Um, you know, your seasonal versus your regional. Oh, that rhymed. But I mean, your seasonal friends versus your lifelong friends, your long-term friends, your friends that are going to be around the block for a while and be like, man, you still wearing those vans? Yeah, bro. Still rocking the vans. Family is very, very important to me. Um, and actually, believe it or not, one of my uh, greatest uh, lessons on family comes from Avatar, The Last Airbender, <laughs> when Sokka's dad told him that a man is knowing where you're needed the most. And learning that over the years has really helped me to understand um, really what it means to have people depend on you. Um so when I look at what family means to me, other than the people that I let into my life, it's all about knowing where you're needed and where you're going to have the most impact. So as I discover things about myself and, you know, start things like this show, um, I'm hoping to touch a lot of people um, in, in ways they may not have people in their life uh, communicate and connect with them. And I'm hoping that, you know, I can extend that um, n knowing where I'm needed uh, the most to uh, a lot of more people than just my immediate family. So, yeah, I learned that from <laughs> I learned that from a damn cartoon, believe it or not. Other than that, for me, really, the people I bring and invite deeply into my life really need to have a couple of quality traits, you know. And when I when I look back. And think of all of my best friends now and who all of my best friends know I consider them to be like family to me. The really the main things that I look for are someone I can communicate with, someone I can trust, someone I can depend on and someone I have a genuine connection with. And if you have those couple of things, then, hey, welcome to the party, man. You know, uh, it's not really that complicated with me. Um, as I've gotten older, I really want my life to be about simplicity. I really want things to be, I just really want things to be easy. And, and not to say that I'm lazy by any stretch, but 
things like relationships should not be a stressor, man. They shouldn't be hard. And the more you invite that easygoing, positive, you know, connection into your life, the easier time you're going to have on this planet. And that's just a couple things that I've picked up along the way from the people that I've let into my life. And along with, you know, finding reflecting characteristics in another soul, it's just nice knowing that you genuinely have connections with other people. Because let me tell you, as an introverted extrovert, um, if I was on a planet by myself, like if I was I Am Legend Will Smith, yo, I would lose my fucking mind. I couldn't do it. I, when he was talking to the mannequins, that would be me. We'd be having tea parties every Thursday. Um, and I don't even have tea parties like that. We would be doing Call of Duty Warzone in real life. Like, I need to have some interaction. I know he had the dog. I might have to, like, I don't know, catch a deer or something. I might have to domesticate a deer or some shit like that. But I wouldn't be able to do that by myself. Now, I, I'm sorry. Can't do it. Sorry. I tried it once. It didn't work out. Sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. Now, lastly, before I let you go, because... Family is not a complicated topic, so this episode doesn't need to be incredibly long. Um, I want to end the episode like this. Talking about the importance of family and everything like that. And of course, as a lot of you know, uh, me and my family are researching and looking into getting into the tiny living, um, tiny home living, the tiny community. Very, very excited about it. Um, but of course, as a lot of you already know, because it has been announced on Facebook and Instagram. Me and my wife are expecting baby number two, and we are very, very, very excited. Um, please cross your fingers and your toes and all your O-shaped hoes. Mm, I gotta work on that one. Just cross your fingers that it's a boy because, uh, yo, if I have another girl in this family... And my, the Evans family knows what I'm talking about. If I have another girl in this family, oh, somebody going to have to keep the receipt because we need a boy. We got to send that jank back, okay? We need more men in the family, man. So I'm really hoping it's a boy. Um, I'm, not, I'm not ready to share the names that we've been thinking of. I'm not ready to do that. But um, maybe in a couple episodes, I'll, you know, name drop some names that we possibly been thinking of, you know, for... For, for a boy, haven't thought about a single girl name. So <laughs> hopefully we don't have to do that. Um, but yes, um, we are very excited. We're expecting baby number two. Um, due date to be around February time. So that'll be pretty fun. I have some February birthdays in my family already. Um, but with that, I'm you know going to end on that, uh, that positive note. So with that, thank you to everyone who's told me congratulations, to say congratulations to Amber, um, and who's just overall genuinely excited for us. Now, to wrap things up, um, I wanted to end it by uh, saying this. The reason I wanted to do this kind of deep dive into my brain is because, one, as the show progresses, I want to be able to look back on these episodes and see how I've grown from wherever I will be when I go back and listen to them. Furthermore, 
I also wanted to make these episodes for people who don't necessarily know who I am and can have a little deep dive into parts of my brain and maybe get a better understanding of my way of thinking in these particular uh, topics that I've touched on so far, but also how um, I'm likely to respond to other situations. And if we agree, great. If we don't agree, even better, because I'd like to hear different opinions. I'd like to hear different point of views, because if I'm always sticking in the lane that I'm comfortable with, um, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to grow. And I I definitely want to continue to grow as a, a man, a father, a husband, a son, brother, all of the above. Um, as well as just a a decent human being. So um, don't let me continue to be comfortable. And as I've said many times on the show, you don't grow unless you do what's uncomfortable. So if you got different opinions than me, let me know, man. Let's talk about it. I'd love to hear your point of view and love to hear what you have to say. Well, I think that's just about going to wrap things up for me here. Oh, man, it's so good to be back. I'm so happy to be talking in a room by myself again. That doesn't sound lonely at all, but it's true. I'm really, really excited to be back. Um, Regular scheduled programming, um, as far as the show goes, next week is gonna be the last episode in this mini-series, and then, woohoo, and then we're gonna get into uh, some fun interviews that I have lined up, ready to go. Um, Small announcement, later on this week, look out for um, announcement on the post, uh, some software that I'm going to be using for the show to help get some fun interviews during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, because a lot of these people that I want to talk to, I can't necessarily travel to, whether it's because, you know, obvious reasons like the virus or because of inconvenience and scheduling and timing and things like that. So uh, before I announce that, just know that a service is coming that will allow me to do remote interviews, which gives me more opportunity to interview a lot more people and more opportunity to bring you guys fulfilling, thoughtful, um, and hopefully educational content. So I'm excited about that. Look forward to that announcement later on during the week after I work out some kinks um, here and there. But other than that, I'm back, baby. I'm excited to be back. I'm not going on a boat for a very long time i'm on solid ground okay i'm not going anywhere um but that's all i got for you guys for this episode thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being here you know the routine i'm gonna be more active on twitter and facebook i promise i'm back like i have communications again so i will be better i will be better but as usual check us out on twitter on facebook or the website at anchor.fm backslash mental not mental podcast and That's all I got for you guys. I'm going to go play some Pokemon Sword because I just got a Switch again. And so we going to go and switch it. Uh -uh. It's going to be fun. Add me if you want to be friends. My gamer tag is calling Mojo. Going back to the original. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. I'm done. (laughs) Bye.